Hello and welcome to the second series of Beyond the Balance Sheet, a podcast brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning. We're here to lift the lid on the world of financial advice, providing insight for those already in the industry and anyone thinking of a new career. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones. Join me in this second series as we address common misconceptions head on, gather advice from both practicing advisors and external experts, speak with those who have overcome hurdles and hear people's inspiring stories from all walks of life. Now, in today's episode, we're focusing on emerging technologies and trends and the positive impact your business stands to gain from them. And joining me for this discussion is Simon Cockfield, Marketing Manager at Citrus Financial Management and Linford Brown, Director at Moneytree Wealth Management. Welcome to you both. Hello, Hannah. Thank you. Hi, Hannah. Great to be here. Okay, so let's kick things off and I'm going to come to Linford first. Do financial advice and emerging technologies go hand in hand? There are some industry solutions, but yeah, it's quite a niche market. So the big platforms don't generally get involved. So there are a couple of solutions. However, they're not all encompassing. Um, So there's room for improvement. Room for improvement, because I think the the prevailing sort of idea is that or concept is that the two don't really go hand in hand. So, Simon, question to you then, can you have financial advice without technology? You know, can you have one without the other, essentially? No, I don't. I don't think you can. I think as Linford alluded to, probably in the past, the industry has been slow to pick up on technology and to use it. But I think in recent years, you'll find that most advisors are really keen to embrace technology now. When I say most. I mean, there's probably a a certain percentage within the industry that's done things in a certain way and will always look to do that. But most progressive financial advice firms are looking to embrace technology and see which benefits they can bring in, um, not only for kind of process-based approach, but also what benefits clients, you know, what what the clients want. And most of the changes we're, we're finding at Citrus are driven by clients and what clients want to see and how they want to interact with us. Is it fair, though, to say, um, Linford, that the the industry has been a bit slow in the uptake of like embracing technology? And if so, why? What is what is it that's unique to the financial advice sector that makes it um, perhaps harder to embrace such such technology? I think it's quite a unique industry in that there aren't any sort of big brands. There's a couple, St. James Place and Quilter. But under those, you're looking at individual limited companies, which are owner driven, and ultimately they decide how they move forward. You've got a lot of people that have been in the industry for a very long time. It's been fine to use paper-based. It's a very face-to-face environment. Um, So I think some people have been able to continue to work without the need for it. Um, I think the ones that embrace it, you can bring in serious efficiencies. Um, And I think from a client perspective, the client communications, um, like we automate a lot of client emails and these client touch points are really important. So, yeah, I mean, it's all down to that one person at the top of the tree. And if they don't have the appetite for it, then they might not be open to investing in it. Um, but I think the ones that are and it's working for are really benefiting it fr- from it massively. And Linford, I know that you, you're you sort of a bit ahead of the curve, really, um, as far as the, everyone else is concerned in, in the sector. So tell us a little bit about the platforms that, that you've got in place currently at uh, at Moneytree Wealth Management and, and ones that you're hoping to develop as well. 
Yeah, so I've always had sort of a vision for how I want the company to work. Um, so I think sort of 10 years ago, I, I looked at think, pieces of technology and software that, that could benefit me. To start with, it, it was quite limited, but with the development of all the top CRM softwares now and the ability to tailor and bespoke it for your own firm, you can literally do it yourself. So that's what I've done. I got bored of waiting for someone to do it for me. Um, and I've been working for sort of five, six years on a, on a wealth management solution. So yeah, we've got a, a fully implemented, automated process for all work is generated by the system for, the, for, for all the workers and the, work, the people that work with MoneyTree. Um, all of the client communications are automated. And then we have all the MI oversight, which enables us to overview the, the process of the business. Um, more recently, I've built it on a developer platform and we're just currently rolling it out. Um, I think I'm going to send my logins out this afternoon. So the wider um, 15 advisors and people that work in my pilot firm. Um, so yeah, just exciting times. And I think they're appreciating the efficiencies and the time savings that it can provide. There were a lot of acronyms and, and jargon in, in, in what you said there. It could be a bit off-putting for a lot of people who aren't perhaps, you know, naturally quite tech savvy or anything. Um, Simon, I'm not saying that this is you, by the way, <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering what your like reaction is to that. Is it something that at Citrus you're kind of trying to, to, to do as well? Are you already on that path as, um, towards kind of embracing all of these new platforms and technology? Yeah, I'd say we're probably, we're not as far down the, down the road as, uh, as Linford. We in, introduced a new CRM system uh, at the beginning of last year and then put it into place during the course of the pandemic, really, to be honest. That's really great. As, as Linford said, you know, it gives you so much oversight over sort of how the business is doing and individual advisors. We've introduced certain processes. We've cut We've cut the time on some of the some of the things that the advisors have to do, um, and our admin staff. Um, I think probably as as Linford's found what what we're having to to try and do at the moment is find that balance. So between um, the sort of management control, uh, making life easier for the advisors, but then also still giving that personal bespoke service feeling to our clients. Um, I think because you know, we're, we're not the biggest financial advice firm in the world. Um, you know, we don't sit there next to high street giants like um, Barclays and, and the, the main high street banks. Um, so I think the reason that the clients come to us is for that personalized feeling that they get. So, you know, anyone can walk into a bank and just be another, another customer amongst hundreds of thousands of other customers. So the reason people come and talk to Citrus is because we give you that personalized service we know who you are um, we really understand you um, and then we'll give you advice that's based purely on your needs and what you want to see so with us with technology it's it's using it to make our lives easier but also making things better for the client but still being able to give that personalized level of service to them you mentioned as well, Simon, the, the, the pandemic, obviously the last two, three years that we've all experienced, meaning that we have had less contact with each other. And, and so I suppose on the one hand, the um, COVID pandemic has sort of accelerated the use of te new technologies, but it's also reinforced that need for that personalized contact, that sort of the, the, the handshake and the eye to eye contact that you have with clients. Yeah, I mean, the impact of lockdown is you just can't underestimate it it's it's so massive 
And I think the industry in the space of, you know, a few months, I mean, probably before the actual lockdown, most people would have thought there's there's probably a suspicion that a large number of clients who receive financial advice are of a particular age, shall we say. So um, I think a lot of people thought, you know, we can't really embrace modern technology, virtual meetings, virtual calls, um, because we're not sure our clients want that. And we're not completely convinced that they can cope with it. But I think... Um, with with the the actual lockdown, I mean, every firm that that I know, every financial advice firm, you know, managed to keep going and to keep operating. Uh, I mean, obviously the markets don't close in those situations, so you've got to be there for your clients. You've got to be looking after them. Uh, and I know at Citrus, you know, we we didn't use the furlough at all. We moved straight on to Teams for members of staff. Everything went remote. Um, and for us as a company i mean i suppose it's on two fronts really for clients we managed to move clients onto virtual calls and stay in contact with them all the time um i mean we we had teams of people phoning clients to make sure they were all right primarily and just just have a conversation with them and then secondly we carried on with all of our usual financial reviews and our and our meetings online and i think we probably underestimated some of our clients i mean they you know, the number of people that or grandparents that use Facebook and things like that to communicate, you know, uh, FaceTime with their grandchildren um, all across the country. And people enjoyed it. You know, the, these virtual meetings, they, they could do them. And Limford, would you say it's the same for you as well, that, that the fact that the COVID pandemic kind of accelerated the use of tech and actually was quite, um, you know, a, um, an exciting moment, I suppose, for all of us to kind of go, actually, you know, especially for the kind of for the grandparents out there or the elderly out there who are using financial services, they were forced to embrace new technology, of course, but also they found that they could. And therefore, the sector as a whole becomes more accessible, not just to the older generation, but to, to a whole raft of people. You know, have you basically had a lot more of a different demographic of clients as a result of the pandemic and technology that's being used? I think you've got to take these things are going to come come across. You're going to have obstacles if you run a business and it's how you react to them. Um, and I think we saw it as a real opportunity because we've sort of, we've moved to digital office and the ability to have remote meetings. Um, but like you say, there was a reticence from the client. Um, I read somewhere that in the space of that three months, the technological adoption was um, equal to five years. So like, like Simon said, it's the grandparents um, that we're advising. The only way they could speak to their grandkids was over Zoom. Um, so we found that that adoption of Zoom enabled us. We didn't really miss a beat other than people weren't in the office. Um, I, th- I spoke to a few friends that run other businesses, sort of restaurants, and they shut the doors and the turnover stopped right there. So it, the technology with the client facing was absolutely fantastic. Um, And then when you had the sort of the automated process, the idea of my business model was um, that anyone with a laptop can plug into the system, it's going to allocate tasks. So you didn't have that necessity of being in the office and communicating on a project collectively, saying we need to do this, we need to do that. It was all like we just Google meet, have a team meeting, let's do that. Um, the, the system was developed a bit more to automate the task allocation. So pretty much anywhere on the planet, if you've got your laptop, you can plug in, get your internet up and running. 
and you get told what to do and that sort of oversees everything and everyone's doing their part of the tasks of the overall team ethic really um so yes yeah, really well. how do you get past the the idea that some people might have of a depersonalized system though the fact that if everything's online, everything's virtual, I mean, do you still have face-to-face meetings? Do you still do the kind of like the physical contact, the, the, the palm pressing with clients? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's really important. And we've, we've said that we've got, we've brought clients on board during the pandemic that we haven't met in, in that face-to-face environment. And it's so important. I mean, one of the main premises of what we do is building trust and to be able to meet someone in person so um, I think our model now incorporates the both. So the system brings efficiencies, but that enables us to give more time to the client interaction. So one thing that we haven't automated is the create is the of the do uh, arranging the meeting. So one of the team will get in touch with the person, and then they'll get to know that person. So that I, when I have a meeting, they'll say, "Oh, Fleur was excellent," and they they build a relationship. But now I think what we say to people is. Um, we'll do face-to-face still. If you want to do face-to-face all the time, that's fine. Um, we're finding most people are happy to do a mix. So I think every three to five years, you'll have a major life-changing event. So at that point, you want someone sat down either in the office or go and see them. Um, so you might one out of every three years, go and see them, have a good sit-down, cup of tea. And then the others will be more Zoom where it's right, how are we getting on? Do a bit of cash flow modeling um, on the screen. So it's, it's a combination of the two. And I think the efficiencies give you the time to concentrate on the client. Because um, if the client's not happy, then you got a business. So yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's a combination. And there's always going to be a place for face-to-face. Yeah, I'm just trying to work out three to five years when my next life crisis or, or big life moment is coming up. <laughs> but uh, I'll save that for another podcast, perhaps. Um, um, Simon, would you agree then that, that face-to-face contact with clients is still just as important and is still used just as much? It's still done, um, but it's just in collaboration. It, you know, it runs, it, it runs alongside the kind of the, the, the virtual tech side of things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're very similar to Linford on that front. I mean, we find it basically comes down to the client's preference. So we'll ask the client, you know, what would you prefer? How do you want to be in contact with us? Um, And as Linford said, you know, lots of the time, it's so convenient for a client to to use virtual technology to to speak to us online. Um, They'd rather either not come to our office or they'd rather you know, save a packet of biscuits, they'd have to spend on an advisor if they came and visited them in their house. But um, yeah, we, we give it to the clients. So as Linda said, you know, those those big meetings when you want to sit down and do some cash flow modeling or um, there's particular things they'd like to have a conversation with face-to-face, you know, that's that's their choice. We go and see them um, because, you know, in some of these instances, people are talking to their financial advisor about things that they probably don't even mention to the rest of their family you know they're really personal conversations where they divulge a lot of information um so so face to face is is really important for those moments and it's you know as you say it could be a really personal issue but also at a hugely sensitive time for a lot of people as uh, as well so it's really important i suppose to to build that rapport and build the trust as you say with between clients um, and advisor. And we're not just talking though about sort of Zoom calls and, and having sort of video calls. There's all sorts of different emerging technologies that the sector is embracing, needs to embrace more of as well. Tell us a little bit more about that, about, you know, for example, with 
promoting your website or redesigning a website or social media? How do you use those sorts of things to, to, to better kind of market or promote your own, your own company? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, web technology, it's been there for a long time. Uh, you would, I think your question near the beginning of the of our conversation though, Hannah, about, um, you know, financial advisors, uh, have they been guilty in the past of not embracing technology at times? I mean, I think I saw some research from about six or seven years ago, probably, which said 30% of financial advisors didn't have a website. Um, I mean, things have changed massively, um, but it, you know, it's so important. I think most, when it, when it comes to websites, most financial advisors still find that probably the majority of their leads come from referrals. So from existing clients who have said, yeah, I love the service you've given me. Uh, as Linford mentioned earlier, you've built that rapport, that trust. They trust their financial advisor and they want their friends and family to benefit from it. So in, in lots of circumstances that you use your website to give someone that extra reassurance. So when you're you know, the main thing about it is that if someone visits your site, they want to see that you're professional, legitimate, you know what you're talking about, you're still in business. So it's, you know, regularly updated. Um, and you build that element of trust immediately on the site. So for some firms not to have had those in the past, I think I think the industry is catching up. Um, our financial advice, financial services websites as slick as some of the retail sites? No, but I think they're getting there though. Um, I mean, we're doing a lot of work at the moment to, um, to improve our website. Um, we're just improving the content that's on it, making it easier for, for clients to understand how we can help them. Um, and just, just some obvious things, really those, sometimes those things like testimonials from existing clients to, so people can see, uh, how you've helped people and actually get that kind of opinion, that rating from someone to, to back up your, your services. Yeah, of course, you're never going to have a bad review on your own website, though. <laughs> Something's gone very badly wrong in your marketing if you've, if you've got a bad review. It's funny, though, you do say that. But one of our key pillars is about being honest and transparent. So we do actually have a pledge. Uh, as a marketeer, you know, this is a tough one. But we do have a pledge that if we have some bad reviews, we will we will face up to them. We'll, we'll make them live and then we will learn and uh, grow stronger from those. Wow. So there's authenticity there from Citrus, everyone <laughs> listening as well. So you can go and go and see if there's the good and the bad and the ugly. <laughs> so Linford, you've obviously been embracing new technologies for some time now and coming up with your own platforms as well for your business and for your clients. What kind of a difference, a tangible difference has that had on your bottom line? Well, I think what we've done over the last probably four years as we've been quite active in the practice buyout space. Um, so we, we've bought, so I think eight or nine practices. So it's the integration of these clients into the business, into money tree. Um, so I speak to people that have got similar sized businesses and we've currently got one and a half. So one full-time, one part-time administrator. And then the same, we've got one full-time para planner and part-time um, para planner. So I think we've got 700 ongoing advisor charge clients and it's probably about 450 reviews. Um, and I speak to the guys and I'm like, look, if you're too busy, you just need to let me know, I'll get you some help. And because of the efficiencies, um, we can just grow sort of exponentially. 
And because the team we've got have been around for so long, they are so good at what they do. Um, those efficiencies mean that we can sort of bring in clients. So we've got another advisor joining us. We're going to do all the servicing process for him. He'll bring in sort of 40, 50 clients and we won't skip a beat. So ultimately, if you were running something of a similar size, you're probably looking at five, six, seven, eight people. Um, probably not great for your overall employment stats. Um, but in terms of running a limited company and needing to pay the bills, um, it enables you to reduce your wage bills considerably without decreasing the value that you're providing. And Simon, uh, coming to you on this question about efficiencies, is that the main thing that other financial advice firms have to gain um, is the fact that, that with greater efficiency built into their systems, their overhead come down? Yeah, I think so. I think that's one of the, the main benefits. I think Linford's outlined, you know, that that is a really large part of it. Um, but I think you've got other benefits as well. So uh, one of the things we found, and to be honest, we probably wouldn't have had this um, if it wasn't for the lockdown. But we found the hybrid working. Um, I know we mentioned it earlier, but it's something that, that we had to introduce because of the lockdown, but we've maintained it. And Without being able to offer a hybrid way of working to our staff, um, I think we'd probably find it impossible to recruit people at the moment. So I think, you know, the other angle of, of embracing technology is that from a staff point of view, you know, everybody's looking to have that bit of flexibility in, in where they work and their working hours and how they work. Um, and we know from speaking to, to recruits, you know, as we grow, that everybody's looking for that at the moment. So technology has allowed us to to be so much more flexible in the way that we work. Um, and, you know, you've got to, you've got to have a, that element of trust with, with people in your firm, but you know, they, they wouldn't be working with you if you didn't trust them. Um, and then things like, you know, we're about to roll out a team's phones system um, because probably one of the smaller issues we've had with hybrid working is that if not everyone's in the office, then there's always one person picking up the phone and, uh, and it's a distraction. So, but with technology, you can use Teams phones. So wherever you're working, everybody can pick up the main phone in the office and transfer it immediately through to someone else. Um, so I think that's, that's great. And then I, you know, the other elements are the, the way that you can use it with clients. I know we touched on websites, but you've obviously got social media as well. Um, staying in constant contact with, with clients and establishing all of those touch points um, through social is great and so cost effective. And then, sorry, another marketing one is, um, you know, we run a complete webinar program. So um, we know that our clients at the moment aren't completely comfortable about being in a room with each other, you know, big, large scale face-to-face -face event. But we're finding with the webinars, it's a great way to stay in contact with them and to keep in touch. Um, and we run topical web uh, webinars like uh, five or six a year. So we still got a couple to go this year. Um, and it's a great way of staying in touch. And especially on a topical note, you know, whenever we have an emergency budget, that type of thing, being able to get people together and explain how the cost of living crisis is going to be dealt with, um, you know, that that's great kind of stuff that we can use and use technology for almost immediately with our clients. Yeah, so flexibility and efficiency, like both two excellent kind of examples of how, how technology can help. Simon Linford, thank you both so much for, for encouraging all of us um, and those listening as well to, to really embrace 
new technologies um, as the way forward in your business. It's clearly worked and working for both of you as well. And I can't thank you enough for, for your time today. It's been wonderful to chat to you. Um, and thank you as well to all the, the listeners um, for joining us today for Beyond the Balance Sheet. It's brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning. And you can find us at www.quilter.com or the advisor school is at www.careers.quilter.com. Also, please do subscribe to this podcast through your preferred platform. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones, and thank you so much for joining this conversation.